The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Customer Appreciation Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to investigate the ROI of two simple but important words, thank you. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know about how to humanize your sales and marketing efforts to build more longer lasting and impactful relationships. Joining us today is Daniel Rodriguez, who is the head of marketing at Alice, which is both a sponsor of the MarTech podcast and a platform that takes the anti-blast and harass approach to B2B selling. Alice simplifies the time-consuming actions that drive real relationships and trusts using their B2B gifting platform that automates the process of researching a prospect's interests, writing them a card, and sending them a thoughtful hand-selected gift using AI-enhanced technology. It's a company that I absolutely love, and I think you're going to get a lot from this conversation with Daniel. Here's the first installment of Customer Appreciation Week, where Daniel and I discuss why building real human relationships is the right approach to selling. Daniel, welcome to Customer Appreciation Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Excited to have you on the show. Incredibly appreciative of Alice's support of the MarTech Podcast. And honestly, I'm really honored that you've chosen me and this podcast to help tell the Alice story. And we're not just going to spend our entire week talking about Alice. We're really going to go into more about how customers who do or don't use Alice can think about customer appreciation and building real human relationships. So before we get into that, just give us the 10,000 foot view of what is Alice and what's your role at the company? So in many ways, Alice is tackling the problem of our prospects have basically become annoyed with us. <laughs> we have done such a good job, I think, as sales and marketers of using technology to help automate all of these actions that we attempt to take to get people's attention, that people are basically pulling an ostrich on us and their heads are buried in the sand and it's very difficult to get people's attention. So what we're fundamentally doing, I think, is trying to make it a lot easier for sales reps who are prospecting into target accounts to really be human in the way that they come across rather than coming across in ways that can be perceived as robotic and annoying. And my role at the company is I run the marketing effort, which includes from demand gen to positioning, design, PR, and hopefully creating a narrative that delights our customers all the way through. 
So there's two important words that you use that I think describe the problem that you're facing. And you're talking about what Alice is about, but just in general, B2B selling, even just broad marketing. I feel like there is a trend where marketers are losing focus on building real relationships with humans. So real and human. And I know those are some acronyms that you use at Alice, but that's really the point. We've gotten so far down the path of making it easy to send communication that we lose context of the impact that that has on the person at the other end. Talk to me about why the approach and why Alice takes the position of rebuilding the process of connecting people, but using technology to do it. If we go back 10 or 15 years when marketing automation platforms first began, and then on the heels of marketing automation platforms, there are other platforms that were used to help sales reps. These technologies, I think in many ways, all they are attempting to do is scale personalization. That's the promise of them. You know, hey, we're going to allow more personalized interactions to happen and you're going to be able to scale them. I think part of the problem is that the technology itself ended up being the thing that you recognized you were interacting with. I can just tell if I'm getting an email blast from somebody. I can tell if somebody's sending me a boilerplate elevator pitch on LinkedIn. Even if somebody is physically calling me with their real human voice, I can tell that they're reading off some script and they sound like a robot. So I think in many ways, the excitement and the promise around what you could do with personalization swung the pendulum so far to this one side where people were actually using technology and it was then in between them and their prospect rather than the technology is behind me or beside me and it is allowing me to still come across as an authentic version of myself. I think if we take it back before the 10 to 15 years where the marketing automation technology revolution started, and we go back to the Mad Men era of marketing, right? Big brand campaigns. Maybe you're on TV, billboards, print. There was less media, right? There was less impressions to be had. But a lot of the ways that those relationships were sold in marketing and advertising specifically was honestly, a bunch of old white guys going and buying gifts and drinks for the people they were trying to sell to. And while there are obvious benefits to the use of technology, there is something to be said for building the relationships with the people you're trying to sell to and how that has an impact on your business results. Going and taking someone out for a drink, building them, getting to know their wife and their kids, like that was what marketing and sales was about in the first iteration of media sales when you're focused on television. Now we're in a digital age and that part is really getting lost, that building human connections and actual relationships. So what's the balance here of there is a purpose for marketing automation and there is a purpose for your CRMs and your Marketos and we use Mixmax for all of our marketing automations. I've sent you marketing automation emails. What's the right balance between that and doing the thank yous, the personalized stuff, the outreach that actually builds the relationship? We like to think of it as if you were to do the math and you were to add up, what percentage of the time are you kind of interacting with somebody in a real authentic one-to-one way and it's less than 50%? Can you plausibly look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know, we're really doing everything we can to build the foundations of trust and mutual respect 
and empathy, which we know are things that actually lead to the relationship that you need to get a large deal over the finish line. So what we're specifically talking about here is B2B selling interactions that still require human connection, right? There are some things that you can buy that you don't need to interact with anybody. So taking this approach, I wouldn't say is as necessary. But for companies that are selling things that are expensive, generally, right? And you have a direct sales team, and you're selling into these longer sales cycles, where there's a committee of people that need to purchase, and it's a very large account you're going after, this stuff matters, right? And I think that people who are good at selling inherently know this, they inherently do a lot of these things, they take the time and energy and effort to do that. If you are coming up through this kind of huge wave and you may or may not have as much experience in your career, you just might think this is the only way things can be done. We have to just buy all these things and automate all these things and we never really go this extra distance. It's in a similar way to how like much younger people today only interact in certain channels and then therefore they have not developed certain skill sets. The kids never check their voicemails. Right. But like we I mean, we joke about that, but it's like if some people only know how to text, but a business interaction is still going to only be done through verbal communication or through long form written communication, you know, via email, not via text. Like you know, people don't necessarily even have a certain skill set that they need. So in many ways, we view this approach as also a reintroduction and an emphasis on things that we know are time-tested and true that matter. So talk to me about what those time-tested things are. What actually are the important pillars to building a relationship? We like to say that the central problem, right, is that people basically feel annoyed, they're bombarded, and what they are seeking, and there's data from LinkedIn, and there's data from another one of the analyst firms, I can make sure I put it in the notes to you, that shows that when you are actually treated like a human, you are more likely to want to engage with somebody. And while, again, this might feel completely intuitive and obvious, I think it's helpful for us to say, okay, well, people want to be treated like a human, so how do you do that? And we like to use an acronym, which is to say that you have to be real in order to be actually treating somebody like a human. And real is being relatable, being empathetic, being authentic, and being lasting, having a lasting impression. The acronym real makes a ton of sense. Relatable, empathetic, authentic, and lasting, those are all things that make sense to go into a relationship. Talk to me about what people are doing that is the opposite of that. There is the batch and blast email, right? There is non-personalized, but in theory, people are trying to personalize these mass number of emails that are sending. What's broken in the existing sales process? So let's talk about what some of those opposite actions are. So let's start, if something is not relatable, I would say it's probably unrelatable or generic. So oftentimes, somebody's sending me something in the direct mail, and I receive the same thing that everybody else does. And I know it, and it's maybe cupcakes, and I'm on a diet right now, or I'm receiving you know, a pair of socks, and I don't really need more funky socks because I have a bunch of funky socks. You know? So while it can be like, people are attempting to do something that's like kitschy and relatable, I would argue that actually that still falls into the generic bucket empathetic, the opposite of that is probably being careless. So how many times do I see sales emails that I receive by being prospected? I think one of my favorite things, and these are subtle things, but I think these matter so much, right, is I see text that is of a different font size in the middle of the boilerplate sentence that the rep is sending me because they had just copied and pasted like one little thing into that email. 
not only does it kind of look hodgepodgey and unprofessional, but it's just so clear to me that the person just didn't even care to take the time and energy and effort to not only know anything about me, but then to take the time to just do something that would come across well. With authentic, when somebody comes across as really authentic, I feel like that's the antithesis of when somebody comes across as very salesy. So that salesy approach, which is this very common trap that I see a lot of sales teams fall into, but also marketing teams fall into, which is my job is to tell you exactly what we do and then hope to see if we just got a fit. As a marketer, we're just putting our boilerplate into all of the conversations and our elevator pitch is like what we expect people to lead with. Whereas that can come across as pushy and people don't necessarily respond well to that. I would then say for lasting, right? If you want something to be lasting, you know, the opposite of that is forgettable. And given how many completely forgettable prospecting interactions that I have and for others that are in positions where you have budget and therefore you're on some list somewhere, you can really empathize with this. My finger is just like immediately on the delete button or on the ignore button on my phone or qualifying something as spam or just receiving something physical in the mail and just throwing it right into the trash. Just completely forgettable experiences rather than lasting experiences. The one that sticks out in my mind for like the worst possible approach is the, and maybe this is because I'm a consultancy or an agency owner. I get the, hey, Ben or Benjamin, love what you're doing at Ben J. Shap LLC, which is the name of my company, something I very rarely ever talk about. <laughs> and if you want more prospecting leads, I can do this type of outreach campaign on LinkedIn that will drive you 10 to 20 sales leads per week. So fill your call. And it's like, well, if this person was paying any attention to me or my business, they would know that I am not taking on consulting clients and I'm focused on the MarTech podcast and I am actually not qualified, but they see agency owner and then they just fire off this batch and blast email. And it is exactly what you're talking about, which it's clearly not a real message. It's clearly not targeted towards me. It's something that's totally forgettable, totally generic. And it just irritates the crap out of me. And even if I wanted to try to find more leads, I wouldn't just be going to somebody random on LinkedIn that's reaching out to me. So if you're listening to this, stop emailing me or stop sending me LinkedIn messages. But that said, people do reach out on LinkedIn and on email all the time that are real people with asking about, you know, can I be a guest on the MarTech podcast or can we have a relationship? Whatever it is going to be, can I be a sponsor? And all of those messages get responded to. Talk to me about the difference between the what not to do's and the approach that Alice is taking. Yeah. And again, we think of this as an approach because it's things that people can go out and they can start doing tomorrow, whether or not they're an Alice customer. But we think this is the way that the sales and marketing world is moving toward. So that's why we talk about it as an approach. So when we talk about relatable, what we mean is the person, not the persona. And I think that marketers in particular have done this fantastic job of understanding who the buyer persona is and gathering firmographic and some demographic data about that and technographic data about who they're going after. But why aren't we leveraging information access that we have about the person? That's a miss as far as I'm concerned. And that's also where these real relationships get developed on the sales side is actually being able to be relatable. So it's about the person, not the persona. Let me chime in here for a second, because I can answer why people are doing that. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of budget to really do the research and understand who the people are, right? Somebody can go and say, I want to reach all of the agency owners, and they can just batch and blast and reach everybody and hope they're finding a fit. 
And that might work for some products, mostly lower price point products where, you know, the cost to reach someone is low and there's a lot of potential targets. So you might as well just batch and blast. It's obviously not the right thing to do, but it's effective. You're talking about a different crowd, which is I need to build a real relationship with somebody that I'm going to work with for a long period of time, who's going to be buying expensive products and services for me, hopefully for years, if not decades. And then it's worth doing your homework. So I think that that's, to me, the space that Alice plays in is simplifying the process for understanding who you're working and making it more personalized. I think that's the reason why Alice is so interesting to me is you can be personalized without having to put all the effort into the personalization, right, into the homework and the research, because that's time, effort, and budget. You're hitting the nail right on the head. And much of the audience that we are interested in interacting with and influencing and talking to has a heavy overlap with folks that have an account-based view on the world. And the reason is because if you have an ABM-focused strategy and you recognize that it isn't useful to you as an organization to create opportunities that are just at any of the universe of potential companies in the United States or in the world, but instead there's really only maybe 2,000 or 5,000 companies that are really just great fits for your solution and your solution costs some money and you've got a dedicated sales team and there's value in investing in the opportunity creation effort then you also fundamentally recognize that taking a wide net blast approach does not necessarily yield you the type of results that you're looking for. And you also might notice, and we've seen this with companies as well, I've seen companies that have gone so far into this blast approach that it ends up damaging their brand. There's a company, I you know, won't name them because it's not helpful for companies to have to live with that baggage, but that had to rebrand because the previous name of the company had been so tarnished in the market through their own effort of dialing people and incessantly harassing them over the phone that they actually just like couldn't sell anymore to anybody because they'd gotten such a bad reputation. I'm going to take a stab in the dark and saying that it's Comcast changing to Xfinity, but that's just my personal <laughs> guess. No, that wasn't the example, although there are others for sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sorry, marketing manager at Xfinity or Comcast or whatever you're calling yourself. I'm a customer. You guys call too much. It's an oligopoly. It's terrible customer service. That's a separate conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to bring it back home, there's an approach here where there's these marketing automation tools, which are great, which are wonderful. I use them and they're great for sending somewhat personalized information. There's a time and a place for that. But when you are big game hunting, when you are building relationships with the people that matter the most, you need to understand who those people are at a fundamental level, not what persona they fit into, but what the actual person making the buying decision cares about from a personal and a professional perspective. So for the rest of this week, we're going to get into the weeds about the acronym that Daniel mentioned, the real acronym. Daniel, say what real means one more time. Relatable, empathetic, authentic, and lasting. So whether you decide to be an Alice customer or not, I think you should. But if you decide whether you're going into selling and you have an ABM approach or you're in B2B, we're going to talk through some of the pillars of how you can build relationships using that acronym for the rest of the week. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Daniel Rodriguez for joining us. 
If you'd like to learn more of Daniel's tips to building effective customer relationships, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss how to effectively connect with your prospects. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Daniel, you can find a link to his LinkedIn account in our show notes. You can send him a tweet where his handle is DLRDaniel, that D-L-R-D-A-N-I-E-L, or you can visit his company's website, which is alice.com, A-L-Y-C-E.com. There's a couple of things that I want to tell you about briefly in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, you can find links to our episode show notes, our contact information. It's all in our show notes, or you could head over to our website, martechpod.com to find all of those links. So the only other thing that I want to tell you today is that if you are a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, we really appreciate you listening to our show. We always want to hear from you. So we created a webpage, which is benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions so we can answer them live on our show. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.